This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Empire. The pandemic and NIL combined to spark a winning idea. Like you alluded to, you know, anything from a, you know, $10 workout t-shirt up to a, you know, $10,000 game-worn jersey that we auction off. So there's really something for everyone. And I think that's what makes what we offer so unique, not only for the athletes, but at the end of the day, like you said, on the demand side. That's Hunter Pomerantz, co-founder of The Player's Trunk, who's helping collegiate athletes cash in on their game-worn gear. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. A light bulb went off during the canceled seasons of 2020 during the height of the pandemic for Hunter Pomerantz, his brother, and a friend, all connected as student trainers for their big collegiate basketball programs. There was a time to formulate some business ideas, and they came up with one so big, it got them in the shark tank. Our guest this week is Hunter Pomerantz, who is the co-founder of The Players Trunk, which is disrupting the sports memorabilia marketplace by helping players sell game-used material in this new landscape of NIL. Hunter, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Um, Can you give me the background? You and I believe it was your brother and a friend of yours hit the pandemic, lost some seasons, and an idea sparked. What, What happened? Yeah, that, that's exactly how uh, it went down. The short story there it was um, right when, you know, COVID was at, at its peak and at its height. Um, it was around June, July of 2020. So we're, we're approaching two years now um, since the player's trunk was born. But it really started with an idea that came to the three of us, like you said, myself, my brother Austin and his roommate Jason. Um, we were on a FaceTime call at 2 in the morning talking about just, you know, life, sports, everything. And randomly we said, hey, you know that idea we've always had? Um, the three of us were student managers at our respective universities. I was at Syracuse for four years, had manager under Coach Bayheim. Uh, Austin and Jason were at the University of Michigan with Coach Beeline and then Coach Howard um, their last few years there. So we all kind of shared that same experience, you know, getting an inside look at these programs, working the equipment room, things of that nature. And the one constant at both universities was, wow, these guys get a ton of gear and they don't know what to do with it. Um, you know, when the season's over and when they do exhaust their eligibility, there's only so much they can keep. You know, mom and dad don't want it sitting on the, you know, on a closet floor up in the attic. So they were always looking for an avenue and a vertical to sell their game-worn, team-issued gear, clothing, jerseys, you name it. Um, and, you know, guys would ask us to help them with that and we were doing it on instagram dms and ebay and oh. we just said there's got to be a better way a better platform a better solution that athletes can really monetize and ultimately it takes the half lot of it for the athletes that's what we've always been about we see firsthand how busy they are how much goes into being 
a collegiate student athlete, you know, being a student, being an athlete, and then ultimately working towards working towards the pros. So we knew they had a ton of other things going on in their lives they couldn't deal with going to the post office 20 times a day and shipping and customer service and tracking numbers and everything that comes with that. So we said there's got to be a better solution, a better platform. There really wasn't anything at the time. Um, and that's really the, the short story on how it started. But yeah, like you said, it was uh, the middle of well, really the height of the COVID pandemic, not exactly how uh, we would have drawn it up. And, you know, I don't know how many people would say, you know, start a business in the middle of a global pandemic, but it was really just for us. Um, we got, we got lucky with the timing and, you know, the fact that we were able to take advantage of that extra time that we had um, in quarantine. And we didn't want to just, you know, use the, the woe is me cliche and sit home and play however many, you know, hours of Xbox or PlayStation as much as I would have loved to. I don't think my parents would have <laughs> been too thrilled with that. So we decided, you know, let's be proactive. Let's better ourselves. We didn't know what would happen. I was, I just graduated, you know, 2020 from Syracuse, from Syracuse. And that's when COVID was at its highest. So I didn't know what I, you know, I had a postgrad internship lined up. I didn't know if that would happen, if it would go remote, if it would yeah. get canceled altogether. So it was really just the three of us took this let's be proactive, let's better ourselves. We think we have a really cool idea and we have this extra time on our hands now, like I said, in, in lockdown and quarantine. So that's really how it started. And that 2 a.m. FaceTime, you know, we had the idea, we said, let's do it. And before, you know, we were watching you try to, you know, build a website, run a startup, successful business. And here we are now approaching our two-year anniversary. Uh, for the, from the vast majority of us who had great four-year college experiences, let us all apologize to you for the pandemic. It's not supposed to go like that. <laughs> it's supposed to be the time of your life. <laughs> Horrible. Besides missing the graduation, yeah. it really was the, uh, the experience of a lifetime, at least speaking for myself at Syracuse. You know, wish I could have had the, the proper graduation and send off in the carrier dome, but, uh, you know, there were there were much bigger things going on in the world at that point, and you know, I wouldn't wouldn't trade my college experience for anything. All right, let me ask you about the gear that you are helping the players to sell. Um, I, I was confused when I saw this because I don't know what is the player's property and what is the school's property. So, could you kind of take me through how that works? Yeah, absolutely. Good question on the. On the gear side of things, so you know, more in apparel or game worn jerseys, uniform sneakers, anything of that nature. Um, once an athlete exhausts their college eligibility, or they move on to the pros, or decide they don't want to be, you know, matriculated student athlete anymore, at that point the gear ownership is transferred to the individual athlete. At which point they're free to do whatever he or she would like um, with their gear. At that point, when it's you know what when it's gear that they own. Um, again, things get a little dicey with the new name, image, and likeness period in college sports where um, regardless, even though athletes can now monetize and make money while they are a student athlete, they're still not able to sell their game-worn gear or anything that's issued apparel from the school, if that makes sense. Right, because, because, tip, because technically it's still the school's property, right, at that point? Correct, especially while guys and girls are still needing to wear their uniforms or need their equipment to compete at the highest level in the collegiate space. So that's really the only, you know, caveat there. But ultimately it's one, um, you know, an athlete is out of school and they exhaust their eligibility. At that point is when you start to see okay. the um, transfer of ownership and possession and ultimately when the athlete can decide what he or she wants to do with that. Okay. Year. So like Paolo Bancaro, number one pick of the draft, um, he can't sell his game-worn Duke jersey 
from the final four until after he's left. That That's basically what you're saying here. Correct. Absolutely correct. Okay. All right. So all of these guys have all of these items. You guys have started, you built this company. You started to monetize this. They're allowed to do this. Has there been any pushback from the schools that have been like, wait a minute, you're making money off of all of this. Has, has there been any, any of that to you all? No, honestly, no, we haven't had pushback from any of the schools. And, you know, like I said, there's such a tie in with the NIL thing. It's, we want to keep it separate, but we do have great relationships at a number of um, these schools. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's how do they support their athletes and how can they, how can they help? So if they can help, you know, a student athlete and know that the gear is worth something to them one day and an athlete decides to sell it when they are allowed to, um, at that point, the schools, you know, really just rooting for their guys and girls to be able to monetize. And they understand that it's their gear at the end of the day, once, like we spoke about there, you know, a graduated student athlete. So the schools have been supportive. We haven't had, um, we haven't had pushback from the schools. We haven't had pushback from equipment managers or anything like that. Okay. Tell me about demand on the other side of this. I could see big name players and game worn jerseys being very valuable in a marketplace. What about all the other stuff? Cause I, I went through the site. I'm looking through, I'm seeing a lot of very cool items. They were owned by big time players, but it's not the game worn jersey. It's not the typical memorabilia that has a big price tag attached to it. What's the demand been like for all of these other types of items? Yeah, there's there's been great demand across the board, and I think it's one of the things that makes the players' trunk so unique is the different product offerings that we carry on our site. And um, and you know, you talk about who our target audience is um, and who comes to our site. You know, we have, like you alluded to, you know, anything from a you know, $10, $10 workout t-shirt up to a, you know, $10,000 game worn jersey that we auction off. So there's really something for everyone. And I think that's what makes what we offer so unique, not only for the athletes, but at the end of the day, like you said, on the demand side for, from the customer's point of view, it's really unique knowing that you can come to our site. Like I said, you get a t-shirt, a jersey, a pair of sneakers. So we really do cover the entire spectrum there in terms of um, the gear and the product offerings. Obviously, like you alluded to, the game-worn jerseys, you know, Bancaro uh, Final Four jersey, of course, that's going to have way higher demand than, you know, someone's workout t-shirt or shorts. But I think that's what's so cool about, you know, seeing people tag us on social media and talking to our customers and seeing what they post. You know, some of them, it's the jersey or the sneakers that they're going to put in a gorgeous display case and it becomes the centerpiece, the focal point in their man cave, right? And then there are others that, want to look great in their local YMCA league or their church league on Sundays. And they show up in a, you know, Buddy Bayheim practice jersey. Like yeah. how cool is that? And I think that's the coolest part. Everything on our site is unique. It's one of one. It's as exclusive as it gets. It's, you know, if, if you're late to the trunk draft, you probably miss out because things do go that quickly. Um, so that's really been the, the, the demand side of things, but there's huge demand, like I said, for any of these products, whether it's, Workout gear, uh, travel gear, bags, sneakers, game worn obviously creates the most demand. But we still see um, a really good influx of customers coming for the workout gear, the practice gear, things of that nature. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day 
at sax.com. Guys, are you looking for that extra confidence when it's time to have fun? Let me tell you about BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. BlueChew's tablets help men combat all forms of ED. BlueChew is also an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And the best part, all done online. Blue Chew's tablets, made in the United States, and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. And here's a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code FUTURE, F-U-T-R, at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code FUTURE, F-U-T-R, to receive your first month free. This is all unique apparel. What's the process of acquiring it? It Was that hard to start or did that start to come really easy to you? Uh, It's definitely, it's definitely gotten easier as we've been able to, you know, build, build the player's trunk brand, grow our network. Um, We've had great athlete relationships from the start. Um, Being student managers, we have two athlete co-founders who both played at the University of Michigan and Charles Matthews and Xavier Simpson. So they were instrumental early on. Um, getting it off the ground and, you know, getting us the, the top level talent right off the bat. And it's been kind of that domino effect ever since. So we've been lucky and fortunate in that sense. But like I said, it's, you know, you work with one guy or girl and next thing you know, a teammate sees it. And then someone that follows them on Instagram sees it before you know it, you know, you have five other athletes reaching out. Hey, I saw you did a trunk drop with uh, whoever the athlete is, you know, with Cassius Winston. Uh, I'm a teammate or I'm a friend, you know, I played at this school, how does the process work? So like I said, it's kind of that domino effect that's been able to garner us the the thousands of athletes we've been able to work with in, you know, just under two years. Uh, Where are you seeing in demand for male versus female athletes? I'm I'm assuming you have a number of female athlete items as well. Is there a demand for that memorabilia? We do. And there's definitely a huge demand for the female sports. It's an area that we're looking to constantly bring more females to this site just because the demand has been so high. Um, I think the female side is a unique one being that, you know, unlike a lot of the male sports, some of the female ones, there aren't these, you know, lucrative professional leagues that these females go on to, unfortunately. So, um, you know, some of these fans and, you know, girls that follow these athletes, the, the collegiate space is really like the, the end all be all for, a lot of them in terms of being able to watch and follow the highest level of athletes competing night in and night out. So women's volleyball is a huge one for us. I mean, some of those fan bases are absolutely in love with what we do. I know Nebraska volleyball is a huge one. Texas volleyball, huge one for us. Softball as well. We've done a number of trunk drops there. So like I said, the the female side of things is um, a really, really unique one, just seeing that the landscape and the scope in terms of, what comes next for these athletes when they do graduate in terms of becoming a professional athlete um, is a little bit different than what it is on the male side of things. So we've seen a huge influx of, you know, customer requests and Instagram DMs that we constantly get. Our emails get flooded with, you know, need more female trunk drops, more softball, yeah. um, more volleyball. Those are definitely the two biggest female sports that we've seen demand for. 
Okay, so your business is you're acquiring these game-worn items from these athletes. You are selling them on a secondary marketplace to fans. What's next? Are you all going to end up in NFTs, or are you going to try to capitalize in another way with these relationships with the athletes? Yeah, I mean, NFTs are definitely on on the spectrum for us on the near horizon. Um, We've actually been doing a lot of business in the name, image, and likeness space. Um, that's brand new to college athletics as of, you know, July of uh, last year, 2021. And we've been a leader in the NIL space since the day it started. We were the first company to sign um, a co-branded deal between an athlete, a brand, and the university. That was Buddy Bayheim at Syracuse. He's the first NIL athlete ever um, to be able to use the school marks and the iconic block ass on merchandise that we created in collaboration with him. So, that really got the ball rolling for us early. We've, you know, acquired a number of other licenses to produce co-licensed merchandise and apparel for student athletes. And um, I know you just mentioned NFTs. Like I said, it's a space that we're actively exploring. We're also very big into the trading card space, um, physical trading cards, that is, Mm. um, for current guys and girls in school. And we've been really successful with those early on. Just launched a few um, guys who were drafted last night in the NBA draft who did sign trading cards with us, limited edition runs. Oh. So it's really, it's really exciting. Um, you know, the gear is always, it's always going to be, you know, our passion, our bread and butter, but there are so many different opportunities and verticals that we've continued to um, bring customers. And there are others, others that, you know, we're constantly working on behind the scenes as well that um, people will start to see, you know, trickle onto our site in the near future. I mean, maybe this is too early to answer this, but do you guys have an exit plan already? Are you, expecting fanatics to buy you like how are you kind of looking at the future here (laughs) million dollar question i mean listen we're always we're always looking ahead but right now our biggest focus is you know the present and just continuing to create these new these new product offerings and these new verticals and help these athletes continue to monetize in the way that we have been i think the name image and likeness space especially is so new and so revolutionary um it's so young and like i we were an early mover in the space. We were, you know, the first real NIL company in the space doing something like this. So we're continuing to use, you know, that momentum that we've had since um, July 1st of last year in the space. And, you know, that's, that's our focus right now, continuing to help, you know, these athletes monetize in the future. Um, you know, and whatever, whatever comes, you know, down the road, we'll, uh, we'll be ready for it. What did you go to school for? Because I'm sure this isn't where you thought you'd end up. What, where did you go to Syracuse for? Uh, I majored in sport management and I minored in business marketing. So oh. I've always knew that, um, you know, the intersection between sports and business is where I'd like to, you know, end up. My parents always joked. I, I watched, you know, more CNBC as a young child than most did, but I always knew oh. that intersection is where I wanted to be. Like I said, you know, obviously with COVID that changed things a little bit. Like I always wanted to work for a team in a front office or, an organization, uh, but with COVID, you know, not knowing what what the world would look like, especially the sports world, which you know we're one of the last to to reopen. Um, didn't know what that would look like, so like I said, we wanted to be proactive. But for me, that's that's what I went to Syracuse for, and it was always just finding that intersection between sports and business. So I grew up watching all sports television, like you, and wanted to get into sports, and ended up being a traditional sportscaster. By you saying you watched a ton of CNBC. Was it a dream come true to be on Shark Tank because you guys were recently on that program? Yeah, it was definitely a dream come true. Um, you know, it still feels surreal. I think every kid with 
an entrepreneurial bone in their body, growing up dreams of being on Shark Tank on that carpet, pitching those five sharks. So when we did get that call that, you know, the episode was airing, you do kind of just take a step back and try and appreciate how cool of a moment that is. But, you know, then it was also time to to kick, you know, things into gear and, you know, try and find ourselves a, a strategic partner on the show. So it was definitely a dream come true. It's something that I'll remember forever. The you know, the entire experience is something that, you know, I'll remember and definitely tell my kids about. Having been in television forever, I'm not sure you could answer this, but can you tell us what the process was like of being on there? Like how long on the stage are you actually out there when they edit it down? Are you surprised by what the edit looks like? Like, can you give us any details of what the experience is like of being on that show? Yeah. I mean, you're definitely, you know, you're on, you're on the carpet for a little bit longer than the you know, eight to 10, eight to 12 minutes segment right. that people see on TV, which I think most people understand at this point, you know, it's hard for any of these sharks to invest, you know, six, seven figures into a company or an entrepreneur and only have, you know, five minutes, right, that you see on TV to figure out the entire business and where it stands and if it's investable. So, you know, you're on there for a little, for, you know, we were probably on there for, I don't even know, it felt it goes by quick, though, I'll tell you that much, you know, when you're on there and, you know, they're firing questions at you and you're answering and having an open dialogue, trying to make sure that they fully grasp um, the opportunity in front of themselves. But the experience was great. Like I said, um, we went on there looking for a strategic partner. And, you know, I don't want to spoil it for any of your uh, for any of your listeners that might want to go and uh, rewatch the episode. But the experience was, you know, like I said, a once in a lifetime experience. It's something that um, I'll definitely never forget and just super fortunate that, you know, they, they reached out to us and, you know, had us on the show. Okay. Last thing for you. So when initially players were asking you to help them and you're DMing people back and forth about doing this, did the light bulb go off then or, or was it, this is a pain in the butt, but I'm just going to help these guys. How, how did you kind of view it in the beginning? No, I think we've always viewed, viewed it as, you know, where we've like, we've been helping athletes our entire lives, especially, you know, being student managers at Syracuse and Michigan. Like that's literally the, the role of being a student manager, it's healthy athletes, healthy coaching staff. So we knew, you know, what we were getting ourselves into. We knew there would be a lot of, um, you know, below the surface work that most people wouldn't want to do. And it's, it's a grind. You got to be scrappy. You know, you got to be quick, ready to adjust at all times. There's, you know, there's no nine to five in this business, especially in sports. You know, even last night we were up till two in the morning watching the NBA draft and seeing where our guys were and then who signed, you know, obviously after the draft, you know, did any of our guys sign two-way deals? Did any sign exhibit 10s? Anything we can do there? So you're up at all hours of the night. You know, we're constantly working. We're, we're hungry. We're scrappy. But that's what you got to do to make it. And, you know, that's exactly what we're doing. So it was never, you know, oh, we're dreading, you know, having to, respond to DMs or, you know, deal with athletes. There was never anything like that. We always saw the the opportunity. And I think we were lucky really early on that we had such, you know, a proof of concept. Not that we needed one, but it was reassuring knowing some of our earliest trunk drops, you know, a week or two into starting the business and seeing how quickly, you know, the concept for the business went viral on Twitter with, you know, in the industry tweeting it out. I mean, we had Dwayne Wade, Dwayne Wade put it on his Instagram, Jay Billis, um, Joe Lenardi, Chris Brickley, NBA, you know, celebrity trainer. So the list went on and on really early for us. And that was really when the light bulb went off and we kind of looked at each other, stepped back and said, Hey, you know, we, we really have, you know, lightning in a bottle here. We got to 
we got a full flash run with this thing. And, you know, we haven't looked back since. Hunter Pomerantz is the co-founder of The Player's Trunk. Thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks again for having me on. On the next Future Sport Podcast, the future of pro uniforms has connectivity beyond belief. The experience that Nextiles is trying to change is that it's, it's form-fitting. It's, it's for you. It's made for you. And it really shouldn't change your uh, your way you perceive an activity or sport or your day-to-day um, uh, things to do. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that Nextiles, we build sensors directly into clothing. So they feel like fabric. They feel like threads. That's Dr. George Sun, CEO and founder of Nextiles, where comfortable athletic wear will form fit to help you understand your biometrics. That will do it for this episode. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein.